Of all the symbols that we have in Yiddishkeit, the menorah has probably more than any other been and served as a symbol of hope, a symbol of the eternity of the Jewish people, a symbol of the ability of a little bit of light to push away so much darkness in difficult and dark periods of Jewish history. And this past week, as Hanukkah started, and we've had the great privilege of lighting our menorah and singing Alan Nisim, the images coming out of Eretz Yisrael with the menorah have just been so moving. I'm sure many of you have seen, uh, as I have, the various pictures coming out. Uh, just to share some of them, I, you know, in Beit Shemesh, there was a shul that lit 89 menorahs. And it was lit, you saw in the, in the room, all different types of Jews from the Hasidim and Charedim and Yeshivish and Dati uh, Umi, all coming together. And they, they had this lighting, each of the... 89 menorahs had the name of a chayal that had fallen since the ground operation began in Gaza. And in the Cardo in the old city, which we've all walked past, uh, you know, hundreds of times, there on the floor of the Cardo, 138 menorahs for uh, each of the hostages. And that site with all of these Roman pillars, relics of a past world, uh, and there on the floor, the symbol of the Jewish eternity past these Roman, you know, stones and pillars, each one of these menorahs yearning and praying for the hostages come back. It was very reminiscent in Germany, even. Uh, Olaf Scholz, the chancellor of Germany, on the top of this cherry picker, lighting this huge menorah together with a Chabad rav. In Brandenburg Gate, the very same gate which in 1936 was filled with Nazi propaganda and banners and Hitler himself is leading a rally there. And in that same square, a menorah being lit in Germany. But out of all of these, the ones that moved me the most were the ones by the Chaylin themselves in Gaza. You see in sunset, it's the beginning to get dark, and these chaylim gather together, saying the brachas, Sha'asa nisim lavoseinu bayamim ahem bazman hazeh, in Gaza, lighting a menorah, was really, there were just so many of them that came out in each one. But, but out of all of those, the one that moved me the most was one such video, and, and the, the chayal was lighting a small little menorah, but behind him was a very large, seven, eight foot high metal menorah. They weren't lighting, it just was there in the background. And it was such an odd, like, what, where is, what is that in the middle of Gaza? And uh, the next picture that was sent to me was that same menorah. That was a menorah that 19 years ago had been in a shul in Gush Katif, and when the Jews were expelled from Gush Katif, there were all these pictures of five, six guys carrying this menorah out of the shul. And uh, it was brought to a, there's a Gush Katif museum in Yerushalayim. And, and they went, a group of people went and they took this menorah from the museum and they brought it back to Gaza. They, they, they brought it back to the place from which it had been taken, and it was there in the background of this lighting of the menorah. You know, the, it, the Jewish history is such a long story. 19 years is nothing in Jewish history, but it's such a long story, and events take place and they unfold, and, and we have to have a, this big picture of, the, of this lighting of the menorah, this ultimate sign of the journey that we are on. 
And I, I just want to share, there, there's two comments that the Ramban makes on our Pasha. They're almost contradictory comments, but they actually represent the way that we live our lives. Yosef is sent by his father to look for his brothers, to check on his brothers who are shepherding the flocks. And Yosef is really the least person, the least likely person in the world to be sent on this mission, alone, vulnerable, young, and his brothers don't like him, and everybody knows it. But his father sends him, nonetheless, to go check on them. And the Torah describes, he's like lost, he can't find them, and he's wandering around in the fields trying to find his brothers. And a man, the simple reading of the puzzle is a man finds Yosef wandering around looking for his brothers and asks him, Mom, what are you looking for? Yosef gives the answer, this beautiful phrase, Es achai anochi mevakesh. I'm looking for my brothers. I'm looking for my brothers. And he tells him, go to Dosan, and Yosef goes there and finds him. And the Ramban asks, what is this doing here? Why is it relevant to be told that Yosef, on his way to find his brothers, got lost, and a guy finds him, Chazal, of course, say it was an angel even, and then directs him to his brothers. Just tell me he gets to the brothers and the story takes place. What's the, what's the value of this interaction, this brief dialogue that they have? And the Rabban says it to teach us two things. Number one, Yosef had every reason to turn back. Yosef had every excuse to say, I went, I looked, I couldn't find them. I'm going back home, I'm aborting the mission. And the Torah is telling us here, that despite the fact that he had a re- he couldn't find them. He couldn't find, he stayed. He stuck with it. He was looking, he was wandering around and eventually he was shown the way. And that's the second point the Ramban says. Not only did Yosef not give up on a mission that he could have and should have, but that the divine mechanisms were at place. And just when you think you're lost, just when you think there's no chance for you to get to where you need to be, Hashem will send, whether it be an angel or a person, somebody into your orbit that will point you into the direction of where you need to go. Because Rabos Machshavos Belev Ish says, there are many thoughts in our own minds, but Hashem's plan, so you do whatever you want. You think that it's not going to work, and it's, it's, it's going to happen. If Hashem wants it to happen, one way or another, someone is going to lead you, guide you to that which you need it to go. And on the one hand, these are two contradictory comments. On the one hand, the first comment that Rabban says is that Yosef should have given up and he didn't. And that's a, a statement of we, we need to put forth our efforts. We need to be involved. We need to keep at it. And on the other hand, the Rabban says, it's really all divine anyway. Whatever you think is going to happen, whatever your plan is, it doesn't matter. The divine plan is what's going to come out in the end. But they're really not contradictory at all. It's part of the way a Jew lives we live our lives this way. That on the one hand, there's this belief that, that history, bigadol, and even in our own lives, biprats in detail, it's divinely orchestrated. There's a plan. And at the same time, that never gives us the right to say like, oh, it's not my problem. If Hashem wants it to happen, He'll make it happen. We do. We put forth our efforts always. We always have to keep at it. We never give up. It doesn't matter if it looks lost. It doesn't matter if we think like we're circling around and we can't figure out which way to go. We always push forward. And we know as we push forward, the way that Hashem wants it to come out is the way that it's going to come out. Whether it's through this divine being or that guy who founds us and points us in direction. But it's always the combination of us putting forth our efforts and Hashem saying it's, it's going to happen the way it needs to happen. 
And that is such a big part of the Hanukkah story. Because there was a war that took place. There was a war in which the Chashmonaim took up arms, they gathered an army, and they went to war. And there were losses, and there were battle plans, and there were victories, and there were defeats, but in the end they won. But it was not because they sat on their hands and they said, if Hashem wants to help us, He'll help us. They fought a battle. And on the other hand, that battle was miraculous. That battle, they had no business winning an actual war against the superpowers that the Greeks were at that particular time in world history. And that's what we say in the Al-Hanisim. Masarte giborim biyad chalashim. You gave over the strong into the hands of the weak, the many into the hands of the few. But it wasn't because we didn't do anything. They went to war. They went to fight. They picked up battle and picked up arms and they said, we can't stand this anymore. We can't take it. We're going to do something. And when the Jew does that, there are miraculous things that take place. What an amazing image to be able to see Chayalim, Jewish soldiers in Gaza, fighting a war, making a bracha al-hanisim on the miracles that took place, al-hamil chamos. And, and to be able to light that menorah, that eternal sense, the symbol of hope, of eternity of the Jewish people, that yes, if we do our part, Hashem will do His as well. And this combination, that is what's going to happen. That which Hashem wants to happen. But even if we're and we seem lost, we never give up, we never turn back. We keep doing that which it is that we need to do to be able to accomplish. May they all be met with success and victories in every way. Our soldiers should return home. Our hostages should return home in this time of Nisim Veniflos that we should see literally miracles in our day. Bayamimahem Bazman Azeh.